the Hit the Light podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light podcast with me, Big Frog. And uh, I forgot to come up with a nickname this time, so I'm just going to be Mike Castleberry this week. There you go. (laughs) Um, And fuck, we finally fucking made it. Yeah. We've been dealing with fucking car issues, weather issues, illness issues, but we've made it back Uh, and... You know, there was Thanksgiving issues. Thanksgiving (laughs) issues, yeah, the holidays, you know. So um, we weren't we didn't just suddenly vanish. Right. But now we're back and we're back with part part three, three of Sabbath, of the deal years, basically. Yeah. Um, de- time depending, we might get to more than that or not. Um, very significant time, you know, uh, when when uh, I first started listening to heavy metal, Dio was in Sabbath. Yeah. So that was, you know, but we'll get more into that later. With the uh, let's start with the current events, the metal news, the metal so to news. speak. And I'm going to start off with something that's technically not metal, um, but it's in the at least the classic rock genre, and I just found completely entertaining. Um, Styx is going on tour next year. Yeah. And um, you know, I was I'm, I'm going to be honest. I've never been like huge into Styx. Right. They just, they seem like kind of like at best, like a, you know, like a dollar store queen. Yeah. To me. You know, they kind of had like some prog stuff sometimes, but right. it, there's always somebody kind of doing what they were doing better, I felt like. And the fact that they're going on tour isn't the interesting part to me because mm-hmm. lots of old bands go on tour. It's who they picked as their opening act. Now, had I not shown you this already, and I say, "Hey, man, Styx is going on tour." Who do you think is opening from? I think first off, you're probably like, "Why the fuck are you talking to me about Styx?" Yeah, probably so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you had to guess when you heard Styx is touring, who would you think that they're touring with? Um, Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent, that seems to be a good one. Like, the last time Kiss was retiring, they were with Ted Nugent. There you go. That's a safe bet. You know, Ted Nugent is a good guess. You know, whatever remnant of Leonard Skinner is around. Right, right. That would be good. Um, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have guessed Larry the Cable Guy. No. And that was was enough that I had to make sure that this wasn't some fake-ass shit. Right. They're just pranking people. But they're going to be touring with Larry the Cable Guy next year. Um, In the um, Sure Why the Fuck Not Tour, I guess. Right. Like, like, sure. Right. Like, that, I've... I've tried to come at this from every single fucking angle I could. The only the only thread that I can see would be that Tommy Shaw was in Damn Yankees. Okay. And maybe Damn Yankees has some crossover with Larry the Cable Guy (laughs) on uh, audience wise, but I can see (laughs) right now the way you describe that. I'm picturing that uh, that uh, that meme 
of Charlie from It's Always Sunny when he's doing like the conspiracy. Oh theory. yeah, yeah, totally. Like you're trying to figure out the connections yeah. between Larry the Cable Guy and yeah. Sticks. That's not even a connection I fucking put together. Right. Because one, like I said, never been big on Sticks. Right. You know, Come Sail Away is catchy. Right. But I've never been like I really need to get into their catalog. Yeah. And I certainly... You, you mean you weren't like Team Dennis D. Young in yeah, the breakup or whatever? There was no team for me. <laughs> that like, I, like, even less so do I give a fuck about Damn Yankees. Right. Like, I know one Damn Yankees song. Yeah. And that's because it was always on the power ballad. Like, right, compilation right, commercials. totally, yeah. So, all I see is Ted Nugent with like a big duster... Yeah, like soloing. Yeah, like, with his head up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. With his big glasses on and shit. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, like the, I don't want to. You know, I'm, sh- I'm sure there's plenty of people that love sticks and they yeah. got their reasons for it. I'm not trying to yuck your yum. Yeah, digging on that, but it's more. That's so weird. Right. Anytime, anytime a music act tours with the comic is uh-huh. fucking weird. Yeah. Um, and in this case, you really have to ask yourself, like, who's bringing more people? Maybe. Because it could be Larry. Larry does arenas. That's true. You know, I, I mean, I'm I not, don't think I don't know if Sticks is still doing arenas. Well, maybe, by himself, maybe now. Maybe he's bringing. Maybe that's what it is. Oh man, okay, like that's the, that's an even weirder concept. Like, imagine. All the people showing up for Larry the Cable Guy, and yeah. then they leave during sticks. Wow! Yeah. Or yep. they, or people just stand there yelling "Get her done!" Yeah. and sticks the whole time. Oh shit, Mister Roboto! Oh yeah, that's the other. Yeah, song. that was that was terrible. <laughs> that was, uh, I remember that whole that was terrible. The only um, the only thing that I remember from sticks when I was a kid is that um, Tommy Shaw was a kid when he joined. He was like 16 when he joined. So he was like one of those young wonderkins. No, Him and Neil Schoen. When Neil Schoen joined Santana when he was 16. Those kind of dudes we'd hear about, you know, yeah, whatever, whatever. But. Like, uh, what's his face uh, that uh, was in David Lee Ross band? Uh, yeah. That was in Cacophony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, Becker? Yeah, Jason yeah. Becker. Just, yeah. Like yeah, one totally. Of those, yeah. That, it's always interesting when you see those guys because um, I, I feel like I mean unfortunately with like Jason Becker like he got you know, sick yeah he got sick but it seems like a lot of these guys you know they're like this wunderkind but then they kind of almost flame out yeah because it's like they get too much too soon they get totally. too much attention and they're like you know they're the guitar god right now right and you know it's like I this kid like he never went anywhere, but it's like the kid that I knew in high school that was like the guitar fucking prodigy mm-hmm. because he had no friends in middle school apparently. So mm-hmm. all he did was sit in his room, yeah, and learn how to play electric guitar, right? And play it fast and play it fucking good, and then he made friends in high school because <coughs> he started he found other people into metal. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you got this kid that can fucking shred. Right. Like, learn how to play Eruption by ear. And everybody's and like totally that. impressed with him and wants to be his friend. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's like I jammed with him a little bit. Right. You know, and he was a fucking difficult person to try to jam on anything with because he's just off in his own stratosphere. Mm -hmm. Just doing mm -hmm. shit. And I'm like, how am I supposed to write lyrics to that? Yeah. But, um, you know, and then he just kind of vanished one day and I think he moved and it's like, I've never heard of this kid ever again. So yeah. I was like, I don't know if he played in some other bands in like LA or anything like that and then just disappeared or what. Yeah, I know I know a lot of dudes like that. A lot of dudes like that. Uh, <clears throat> I know a lot of dudes that went on their first tour and I never saw them again. Yeah. And they just, I don't know, like fucking uh, the, the road got them. Yeah. <laughs> some shit, yep, yep. Uh, speaking of the of tours, um, went and saw uh, Nita Strauss and uh, Angel Vivaldi and um, and Jackie Vincent. Jackie Vincent opened the show. Yeah. And uh, well, you wanted to talk about her album first. Yeah. Nita, Nita's album came out. Yeah, because you know I controlled chaos. Yes, and that was all uh, crowdfunded. Yeah, she did not want to do a major label thing because she felt like they keep all the money. They, yeah, they keep all the money <laughs> and they make a bunch of fucking creative decisions. Yeah, she realized she could in this day and age, you right? Can crowdfund an album. Yeah, and you can do a hundred percent what you want to fucking do with mm -hmm. it. So you know, she also had a drummer in house. Yeah, she's so, got a you know yeah. she has a pretty sick drummer and her yeah. boyfriend. Yeah, and the dude's fucking good. Yeah, he's good. Um. But yeah, I mean, she's, you know, she's been kind of a name in, you know, if you're into like guitar rock, people right. have known of her for a while because oh, yeah. she was, you know, she was in uh, the Iron Maidens right. and uh, she was like a house guitarist for something or other in LA. Yeah. She's, she's been, done a re some wrestling shows. Yes. She had been, uh, this was, you know, she had played... Uh, at WrestleMania, there you go, and was did the uh, the entrance theme for Shinsuke Nakamura on mm -hmm. you know the guitar version of it, and she also played at the beginning of the uh, all women's pay per view right uh, a couple months ago, <clears throat> and one of the tracks from her album was like the official theme song of like NXT Takeover, but okay. um, you know her. Probably her, she's most well-known for being in Alice Cooper's band. Right, which is a hard gig to get. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. You know, you got to be fucking good. Yeah. And, which is interesting because when you think of Alice Cooper, you don't necessarily think of, like, crazy shredding. Right. But he wants to have the best of the best yeah. in his band. Yeah. And, and he usually does. So, yeah. Um, I became aware of her when she was in the Iron Maidens, and she was Dave Murray. She was the yeah. Dave Murray uh, um, part, which, you know, Dave Murray's my guy, so obviously I, yeah. I sit on that side of the stage. I need to see real quick, keep going. And um, <laughs> and she was good, man. I mean, she, you know, she killed it in that band. And, you know, and it was a good band. And at that time, that Orianthe chick was in Alice Cooper's band. Yes. And so she basically replaced her in that band. And... Uh, and yeah, um, she uh, she's strong. She's she's really strong. I didn't know what her like her own album would be like. I didn't know yeah. if she had enough to carry a, a whole album, but she does, you know. And uh, her songs are structured like 
a normal song. Yeah. Like an intro and a verse and a chorus and yeah. a verse and you know uh, most most shred albums are not laid out that they're way. Not, well, it's they're made by a lot of guys that kind of don't know how to write a song. Sometimes, <laughs> but, sometimes. Uh, so just to go back to that, apparently her stage name was Mega Murray. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so that was when she was with the Iron Maidens. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so I I. Checked out the album first and um, tripped out on the the sound of it is really good, but it's also it also sounds really um, clean, yeah. very clean. Um, at first, I thought that the drummer was a drum machine. I w- I didn't think it was a, a real drummer, and so I looked it up and found out who it was, and then figured out that yeah, well they they just. They had all the time in the world to record those drums because yeah. they're together all the time and and whatever. And she recorded all of her guitars straight through uh, digital rig, so yeah. no amps, no mics, <clears throat> no noise. You know, so that's cool. Um, and and I like it. You know, it, it's I mean, it's not the best shred album out there, but it's it's good. I like it. I've, I've listened to it already like ten times. Yeah, so, I'd say. It's one of the better ones in a while, depending on... The thing I like about it is, you know, I don't generally li- sit down and listen to Shred albums mm-hmm. because after a while, you kind of get fucking bored. Right. You know, like, that's why I didn't fuck with Ingve so much because they're mostly Shred albums. Yeah. And after a while, you, you know, you want to hear structure. You sure. You want to hear songs. Right. You know? So when he actually has a band and a singer and this and that, I enjoy him more. Right. Because right. he's kind of, to me, he's a less is more <laughs> type yeah. of guy where when he's a little more constrained. Yeah, it's, it is it, better. It's better because that's the thing is, you know, um, I found creativity often is helped by having constraints. Mm-hmm. When somebody, you know, when someone sits down and says, write a joke or write a skit or this and that when the entire world is your oyster, when you have so many fucking options, you end up having a hard time even coming up with an idea. Right. When someone says, write a joke about this or write mm-hmm. a sketch about this, your brain is able to fucking focus in on that. Right. And then you can, it's so much easier to totally. start writing with that starting point. And with music, it's kind of like when you don't have other creative inf- influences. Right. You're gonna fucking go off the rails, right? And that's why when you know Ingve is in stuff like Alcatraz and stuff, yeah, I enjoy it more. Yeah, me too. Because he's a fucking phenomenal guitarist. Right. He's a fucking phenomenal guitarist with other guys. Yeah. Kind of reeling him in a yeah. little bit more. Yeah. And um, and somebody can kind of say no. Yeah. You know, hey, you know, kick it, slow down, yeah, whatever. You yeah, know, with Nita Strauss, her album. I just find it it's a lot more enjoyable to listen to than a lot of them because, like you said, there's actual structure. It doesn't just sound like someone just soloing over backing tracks, right? Which you get that a lot, right? You know, where it's like, cool, that was right. really neat, Joe Satriani. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and also, one thing that's different with her record is that a lot of the riffs. Are in intros and shit are like thrash riffs. Yeah, they're not fucking you know uh, the usual shit 
that you hear on these records. Yeah. So so that's cool. And live it was even heavier. You know, there was like head banging and like you know like if you like if you looked at her through periphery, it could have been like Dave Mustaine yeah. daring something. But then she also had like what we were laughing. We got Carlos Mendez yeah. went to that show too, and we were laughing because it was like she brought some new shit because mm -hmm. she had all the all the stage moves that are open to a guy she could have yeah right and then plus some yeah that we can't do <laughs> so it was it was a trip and you know and sometimes she would pose yeah and she does this thing where she holds up her guitar and she just plays it with one hand yeah and while she's like posing yeah I mean, it's cool man i mean you know and, and she can really fucking play yeah really i mean I would say she's easily the best female guitarist that I've seen live. Yeah. Easily. I mean, you know, this is where it gets tough when you try when you try to think of like female guitarists mm -hmm. in general because mm -hmm. there's just not a lot. Yeah, there's really not um, a lot. And it's funny because I was talking to my wife about this because I checked out the album and I immediately was like, oh, this is fucking great. Like, mm -hmm. I wanted to go see the show and then mm -hmm. I had other shit I had to go to. Yeah. So I was like, ah, can't go. But, you know, um, I was telling her, I was like, yeah, like, the thing is about this chick, like, you know, I was talking with Frog about it and we were saying how, you know, a lot of times when people talk about female guitarists, there's kind of, oh, uh, she's pretty good for a chick. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's probably really unfair. And it really, I think it stems from the fact there's just not a whole lot. Right. So there's not as, you know, when you have so many like legendary guitarists out there, like mm -hmm. guys that completely reinvented the way you play it, where, right. you know, it's hard to be compared against that. Right. And, you know, with, Nita Strauss, she's so damn good that yeah. it's like it it goes beyond that. Like you know, is she she can hold her own against? Oh, it goes way beyond that. I mean, pretty much any of uh, a lot of dudes. Yeah, I mean, like Lita Ford was good for a girl. Yeah, right. Nita Strauss is just good. Yeah, for for whatever. For anybody. She's all over a lot of dudes. You know. Um, and my wife was like, "Well, that's sexist." <laughs> when I brought yeah. up, I'm like, "It's like I'm not was." It's a fine line, man. Like you don't want to be sexist, but you gotta also be realistic. Right. And I don't think it's there's anything inherently. Oh, men are better at right. playing guitar than women. I just think more guys play guitar. Of course. Therefore, there's a more chances for there to be incredible right. guitarists. So that's why when a right. woman is shredding to that level, it yeah. fucking stands out because there's not many women out there that one pick up a guitar right. like that and two want to play like right. that for whatever reason and then also too especially more so for metal you know yeah. i mean and, and it could be any instrument i mean you could be a kick-ass female drummer yeah but i'm not expecting you to be dave lombardo yeah you know what i mean i'm just not expecting you to even have the strength to yeah. do you know it's just it's a different thing but um but nah man she was great uh, the 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 kid that opened well I don't think he's a kid but he's young, well, I mean he's younger than me um, Jackie Vincent and I guess he lives here in San Diego he's got a weird look like a fucked up look <laughs> and uh, and he plays a fucking like a Dean Telecaster which I also hate 
<laughs> but he was fucking things. badass. And yeah. he was so, like, creative and so uh, unpredictable, which is really cool in the guitar world because so many people fall into the predictable shit. And so he was cool. And, uh, and then um, Angel Vivaldi, I was not that aware of him. Like, I heard of him a long time mm -hmm. ago. He didn't really catch my attention, and then I didn't really uh, know of him again. So when it came time for the show, I was like, better look him up. Yeah. And then I was like, nah, you know what, I'll just be surprised. <laughs> and and I was, and he was good, man. Short hair, he looks kind of a little bit more like Arabic than Italian. I'm not sure Angel Vivaldi is his actual name. <laughs> but, um, but he was fucking, he was shredding. And he was shredding it looked like with a Band-Aid on his middle finger. Hmm. And I was like, I couldn't fucking even imagine playing, much less trying to play like that with a Band-Aid on your finger, but he did it. And uh, he was funny, too. Like, um, like during this one part, he's playing guitar like with one hand, and he's acting as if his right arm is really sore, and that's <laughs> why he's just using the one hand. <laughs> he's trying to like shake out his other hand. Yeah. And so another guy comes and it, and off from off the stage and starts like rubbing his arm and <laughs> like, you know, and he's just like, yeah, just like whatever, whatever. And then he starts uh, sliding this pink dildo up and down his <laughs> arm, like to like bring life back oh, into his geez. arm and shit. It was hilarious, you know. He but. I guess that's part of his of his uh, shtick. Yeah. Is there's comedy in it, you know, too. Yeah, I know how so, much you love comedy rock. Yeah, I really don't, but it, but in this case, it was okay. Yeah. You know, it was it was pretty cool. So it was a good show, man. Uh, you know, I would like to see you know Nina Strauss. I mean, it's funny she's she's fronting a band right now. Yeah. I like to see her front like one with you know a singer and shit right. like that. Where and where it's not a cover band. Right. Where it's they're writing their own shit and you know that would be cool. Be, you know, like the chick version of Alcatraz. I don't know. Like yes. Yeah. Have. That would have, be awesome. Just uh, you know what? Just have Graham Bonnet do it. Why not? I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, there are, there there are a lot of good female singers. If you wanted to make it a female band. I'm not sure, you know. I, I don't know. Uh, she was. Uh, it was her birthday that day. Oh no! Sure. Yeah. So they had a whole big thing, and uh, and her boyfriend is like very lovey dovey. Mm. They're very lovey dovey. So it was very like that. She cried on stage Aww. and everything. She's a very emotional player too, and yeah. aggressive. Yeah, man. I like her. I like her. That's, I like her. Oh, well, next time she comes into town, I'm definitely seeing it. This this time I got you know. I had to go to my wife's work Christmas party. So uh, I, uh, I don't get was to Was it a that. blast? Or? I mean, we have fun. Okay, cool. You know, I, have, okay. I, I like her coworkers. Yeah. They're, they're cool people. Yeah. Um, they seem amused by me uh, <laughs> yeah. at any given moment. That's cool. I uh, got a couple of them to come to the to my comedy show on Monday when I advanced into the third round. Third round. We're both in the third round. Yep. Uh, we'll, there could be only enemy, one. Yep. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what I mean. You know, that, shit, this, I've never gotten this far, so, yeah. Yeah, so that's the cool. The world is your oyster at this yeah, point. man. Uh, so Killing it. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you know how many people are gonna would be mad that we're in the fucking never mind. I don't. Uh, let's that. not get into that. Yeah. Anyways, um, rock and roll hall of fame. Rock and roll hall of fame. Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Got in. in. Right.
That's the token uh, yeah. rock band for to shut us yeah. up for another year. Which is which is cool, man. I was a Def Leppard fan for the first three records. I think I actually bought the fourth record, but I didn't like get into it. Yeah. Um, and and I saw them a bunch back in the days. Um, they were like one of the first. Uh, they played one of the first Sky shows at the stadium. Yeah. Which was awesome. Uh, back when the the stadium was like a gem. Yeah. Anyways, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's cool. Pete Willis also gets in, you know, which is the the guitar player that kicked out originally yeah. for 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 being a drunk. When, as it turns out, most of them were drunks, but I guess he was just too much. Yeah. Well, it's like when Dave Mustaine got kicked out of Metallica. It's he's just the wrong kind of drunk. Exactly. When everybody else is a goofy drunk. Drunk and you're the drunk that kicks someone else's fucking dog. Yeah, that doesn't mix. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. So he got in. I'm I'm Vivian Campbell's in. I'm glad Vivian Campbell's in. I love Vivian Campbell. I wish yeah. he would have got in for what he did in Dio, but you know, well, right you on. Know, Good for him for fucking Dio to get in. Yeah, well, hello. It's a little too Vivian late fuck. now, but yeah, mean, you know, I mean, shit. I don't Yo. know why. You know, it's I funny. want him to get in for Ronnie and the Red Caps. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucking uh, doo wop. For his hey, doo wop shit. That's kind of the thing, man. It's it's amazing that, you know, you've never even heard whispers of Dio yeah. getting in. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like every year lately, it's, you know, oh, Judas Priest does well in the fan vote. Right. How come they won't put Priest in? Right. But, which Ronnie. is funny because like Dio is like a, a he's like a pop culture figure. Yeah. You know, like there's memes of like, you know, Dio Valentine's cards and yeah. and shit, like almost like not dancing level, but, yeah, but you, you know, got, he's in there somewhere. You got the, the one that always gets me is the uh the picture of Carla from Cheers that says Ronnie James Dio. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it's like the guy had a legendary career and he's yeah been in some of like some of the most important bands right. in rock history and made some amazing fucking records yeah. and, and depending who you ask he's either the one two or third best metal singer ever you which, know yeah i mean you know he's right there right i would right put there. me personally for straight up metal vocals i would put him at, at number one me too um i think you know other people might have a little bit more power, right? A more, range. Bit more range, but he's got more screams. Yeah, he's got the the fucking total package. For, yeah, the for, prototypical for, voice. You know, he's got a lot of power, a lot of range. Mm -hmm. Can hold, a, you know, has a lot of melody yeah. to it, which you don't get as much. So right. I mean, if I had to go my top three, it would be uh, it'd be Dio, uh, then Bruce Dickinson, and then Rob Halford. Yeah. Me too. You know, um, that's exactly my, my my top. The number four is Dave Mustaine. No. There you go, <laughs> um, James Hetfield. You know, there's a drop off. King no. Diamond. No. <laughs> <laughs> um. So speaking of Dio, speaking of Dio, look at how good I am with fucking leading. Wow, damn, killing it. <laughs> so uh, you became aware of Dio through a compilation. Right? Yeah. Well, I because you, you were a Sabbath purist at first. I was a you know it was 
I think I I'd said it before, but there was a lot of I was a Sabbath purist because, you know, that's what you know. Ozzy and Sharon get to control the narrative at any given moment. Right. So you know, you go, oh, nothing outside of Ozzy is fucking worth shit. That kind of stuff. Right. And then I remember my friend being like, hey man, um, I got for the hell of it. I'm listening to Heaven and Hell, and I don't hate it. He's like, this is actually a really good record. <laughs> you know? Right. And I'm like, really? Cool. And then I didn't think much of it. And like I said, I got my first taste when I had a, it was one of the various Black Sabbath compilations, and it was mostly Ozzy. Mm-hmm. But it had, at the very end of it, like, just like a teaser, it had Heaven and Hell on it. Mm-hmm. And it also had Zero the Hero. Okay. So you got a little, a tiny bite-sized sample of two other singers. Right. Now, Ian Gillen was a little bit less of a hard sell for me because I was already really big, big into Deep Purple. Okay. So I loved Deep Purple when I was in high school. And I loved Black Sabbath when I was in high school. So when I found out at one point the dude from Deep Purple was in Black Sabbath, that seemed like a fucking thing I could I could dig on. Right. And I just never got around to listening to it. Right. You know. With Dio, um, I was full blown, you know, there was that whole, like I said, you know, when you know, when you're a teenager in the nineties, the eighties metal guys, they're out of style. Sure. For the most part. Unless they're like Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, unless they're from like the thrash genre. Right, right, right. Thing, there was this whole thought that, you know, you know, that Iron Maiden and Judas Priest and Dio and bands like that were Dinosaurs. They're old school, they're they're hokey, it's fucking corny. Mm-hmm. You know, it's oh, what's with all these guys singing high and shit like that. Right. Metal's just about it's supposed to be like aggressive and growling and Ooh, yeah. you know, that's what you know, when you're seventeen and that's what's the big thing. You know, so I kind of like I knew I'd heard like Holy Diver and Rainbow in the Dark and mm-hmm. shit like that. And I didn't hate it, mm-hmm. but I didn't get it either. You right. know, and the fucking videos don't age well. Oh, no, they're <laughs> terrible. You know, like when it's Dio, yeah. in a weird raggedy ass loincloth looking costume that yeah. has like a singlet to it. And he's swinging a fucking fake ass looking sword around. Right. That doesn't say, hey, man, um, yeah. this is cool and you should like this. Yeah, or the other <laughs> one, they're just like on the roof of some studio buildings or yeah. something. And yeah. That's like, uh, I, think, uh, I can't remember if it was Patton Oswalt or somebody had a joke about how uh, most of the 80s metal in retrospect seemed kind of gay. <laughs> how it was like, you know, it's like it's just a bunch of dudes with no shirts on in a factory that apparently all they make is sparks. Yeah, totally. (laughs) So it's like, so that was kind of the thing. It's like, it's, you know, it it seemed corny. Now, as I got older and I got to really listen to it and it's like, you you take away that imagery. Right. You kind of have to. Right. Just, if you just listen to the albums, it's like, oh shit, there's a lot of really good fucking everything on this. Oh yeah. You know, it's like the the presentation is still fucking corny, right? And doesn't age well. Yeah. But you know, the stuff 
after a while, it's like, you know, it's the, the actual material that you're working with. In some ways, it's corny, but metal is always kind of fucking corny. Right. It's just like I was, we were talking about the other day. There's kind of a line where things get pushed into the little bit too corny uh-huh. thing. And like I was saying, where uh, Metal Church is one of those bands just that, on that the are side. just on the wrong side of corny. Yeah, yeah. Where it's kind of, it's almost a novelty. Right. When you listen to it, because the, the vocals aren't good and the, and the lyrics are not good. But there's yeah. so much good guitar work in it. Right. But when you, it's like, you like it in spite of right. the vocals. That's kind of how I feel with uh, King Diamond. Yeah, King Diamond's and like that. Merciful Fate. It's is too like, much for me. I like it in spite of his right. singing, not because of it. And right. Metal Church was like, every fucking song seemed to end with them just saying, you know, it just ends with like, Metal Church! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know that's the end of Metal Church. Right. And, yeah. this is, and it's like every fucking song ends like that. Yeah, there was a lot of bands like that back in the days. Man of War comes to mind. It's like you don't know how to end a song, but yeah, Man of War. And yeah, they're. I I've listened to a little bit of Man of War. Yeah. Because I'm like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be something in there. Right. If these fucking albums look this yeah. fucking retarded. Yeah, that, that was the hard part was looking at Man of War. Yeah, because it's like, <laughs> it's like you ain't convincing anyone. Like this is like here's the thing, Judas Priest tricked everybody into dressing like gay dudes. Man Pretty of War much. seemed like their album covers are for gay dudes. Yeah. Like, that is not something that I... I guess it's supposed to go into that, like, Dungeons & Dragons power fantasy. Yeah. Like, or they could have just went, went to a different studio, changed clothes, and been on the cover of, like, a Harlequin romance yeah. or something. But it's like... <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing, is it's supposed to be... Like, it's supposed to have a power fantasy to it. Right. Like, you're supposed to see that and be like, yeah. Yeah. That's badass. Fuck yeah, barbarians. Yeah, yeah, like that. Like yeah. Conan the Barbarian. But there's just something not quite right about it, so yeah. it just seems more like for gay dudes to be like, I'd suck the fuck out of that guy's yeah. dick. <laughs> you know? Totally. But because of stuff like that, I didn't fuck with a lot of 80s metal. Right. Uh, other than the Metallica albums and stuff like right. that. And I finally, when I listened to the song Heaven and Hell, I was like, this is good as shit. Oh, yeah. And this is really, and the, the material kind of tones it down enough where it's not going to have like in ridiculous looking music videos as much. Right. Because this is still around the time period. I, I think like the ridiculous music video didn't start until a little bit later on. A little bit later. Um, yeah. Because before that, most of them were just like the band playing on stage. Yes. So Which is the, great. It doesn't it doesn't usually age badly. Yeah. Unless the costumes are shitty. Or yeah, they, you know, something like that. Like, it's, like some of those old Judas Priest videos are pretty whack. <laughs> but you know that's just that's what they look like yeah but um, that's you know so I finally I listened to that and I'm like this is pretty good mm-hmm. which led me to like go okay I'll buy when I saw the Dio years right. on sale you know when I worked at Target I was like I think I need to delve more into this mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I remembered liking Heaven and Hell and I grabbed that and I listened to it I'm like this is all real good. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I just had to get the albums. And, you know, for me, 
the more I listened to it, the more I brought in my musical horizons, mm-hmm. I'd found myself, maybe it's because the other one, the older shit was a little played out for me at that point. Mm-hmm. I found myself listening to Dio Sabbath more frequently than Ozzy Sabbath. Right. And maybe it's because the production values are better, the guitar sounds better. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, it clicked with me. Right. And I mean. Sounds modern. Yeah. Just uh, the fucking sound from right. even, you know, uh, Never Say Die. Yeah. Be- and that is yeah. fucking night and day. Totally. Somewhere in 1980, shit changed yeah. as far as sound. You know, and, and, and everything that comes after that sounds different than everything that came before that. Yeah. Um, I was actually there for that. And uh, and like I said, you know, we had heard like that first Sabbath album kind of more as a novelty, you know, was a, we knew it was at that time, what, like 12 years old already? Yeah. So we were like, yeah, this is like, you know, <clears throat> not my parents, but people my parents' ages music, you know? Yeah. So, well, so, that and it's like the concept of what's spooky and evil always has to change. Right. <clears throat> like, you know. Right. Although the that shit being so old kind of made it more spooky. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There's kind of that whole act, concept to me of like... Um, Older horror movies mm-hmm. are not as scary, really, because you know the production values are generally pretty low. Totally. Though. And even now, the thing is, like, even now though, a lot most horror movies are still low budget, mm-hmm. but effects and everything else are so far along that you can get more out of a budget. Totally. <clears throat> totally. So the the first few, you know, uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies. They're not that damn scary. No thing. It's like they're cut. They're more funny to watch. Yeah, you just start watching it to see Jason kill people in ridiculous ways. Right, right. And you're not going like, oh no, Jason, I'm so scared. Like, yeah. And that's why, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one was a lot more horror, but then that became more of a of a shtick. Still a silly thing. Yeah. Freddy Krueger became like this caricature like he's right like a, he's like a murderous cartoon character really it's pretty like, much it's like evil bugs bunny or some shit yeah <clears throat> but, totally and i think in some ways those old sabbath albums to some people it could be like i don't see what's so scary about this right you know? yeah yeah i think like see that see i think it was because we were still in the low budget days yeah so that's why you know now yeah it would be different but um but there was actually a video for Die Young, right? Mm-hmm. And it was just live, but it, it had a lot of very strategic edits that yeah. made it, like, very lively. Yeah. And the song is fucking, you know, live as fuck. And so uh, we heard that shit, and it was fucking enough to get us to go get the record, you know? And so this is like 81 or whatever. Mm-hmm. It comes out. It was already out for a while when we got it. Then we went and saw that movie Heavy Metal, the cartoon movie. Yeah. You seen that? Yes, and I think you talked about that on the last episode. Right. And so on that um, 
Mob Rules is in that movie. Yeah. It's a different version. Yeah, because that was before the album. Yeah, it was before the album came out. So we already were ready for fucking Mob Rules to come out. And we were stoked for it to come out. And then we got that too. And that basically like encapsulates the era. You know? Now, um, as soon as um, Live Evil came out, which was, you know, the next year, and Dio's already leaving. Yeah. You know, um, that's when we started comparing eras. Like, because Dio is singing the, the, the old Sabbath songs. Yeah. At the same time, Ozzy's Speak of the Devil comes out where he's singing all the old Sabbath yeah. songs. So we're like, okay, what's this? What's that? You know, um, before I heard Live Evil, my boy Lenny was like trying to explain to me what the differences were. Yeah. And he actually goes, well, Ozzy sings it like this and would sing and sing it. And he goes, and then Dio sings it like this and he sang it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, this motherfucker can sing. Yeah. I'll file that for fucking future reference. <laughs> but, um, but once we started comparing the eras, that's when I was just like, okay, shit has shit changed for them, not only the singer. You know, yeah. Um, I I've heard other people say it, and it was the uh, the like the Van Halen effect, mm-hmm. the Eddie Van Halen effect, and basically when he came out, everybody felt like they needed to fucking step their game up. Yeah, you know, <clears throat> and even then I've also heard that when that when. Randy Rhodes came out like even Eddie felt like he needed to step his game up, yeah. and that's why those next albums are had more guitar on them and shit. But um, but so it was a thing, and for Iomi, it was a it was a his uh, lead playing to me went up several several notches mm-hmm. in, during that time, and and uh, in attitude, in sound, in. Um, in multiple solos per song, yeah. fucking Die Young starts with a fucking solo, yeah. you know, uh, which which is fucking kick ass. It's one of my, it's still one of my favorite fucking songs from that time, and um, and Iomi was like, okay, I'm I, I I'm obviously dealing with this fucking finger thing, yeah. you know, but I'm gonna need to fucking play faster. I'm gonna need to fucking uh, get shreddier because that's what's going on. So he started with the um, using the wah a lot, mm-hmm. which would make it more kind of vague, like <laughs> you know. And also too, if you um, if you look at like Iomi's like tablature of his solos, you know, musical notation of his solos, the part the parts that are like repeating parts normally they don't exactly repeat. You know, and where most guys who are trying to play fast are trying to pick one note per per finger, he's not. He's like he's do he's going as fast as he can with his with his with his uh, fingering hand, yeah. but he's picking faster. Yeah, and that and that's a, a Eddie Van Halen technique too. He called tremolo picking. Yeah, just pick as fast as you can, and hopefully your other hand catches up. <laughs> you know, so. Um, 
I liked it. I, I was like this I was like this is a more of a Iomi I could get with. Yeah. You know. Um shreddy Iomi. And uh and more up tempo shit, you yeah. know. <clears throat> and basically, I mean, like looking at the first record, for me, it's like almost all the songs are good. The only fucking song that I really fucking don't like is Walk Away. <laughs> you know? And and even that would be a good song if it was somebody else. Yeah. Like I like what I, I told you the other day, I go, just try to imagine Kiss playing Walk Away. Yeah. And it would be like a better song with that with that kind of a it just wasn't Sabbath, you know? Yeah, it wasn't really sad. Like that's that's the one track I skip yeah. on that also. And the the overall song is okay. Yeah. But man, that's got the worst fucking intro oh, yeah. in the history of intros. Oh, Lord, she's handsome. It's yeah. like what? Yo. Which it just it just makes you think that that used to be a thing. Yeah. That guys used to call chicks handsome. Yeah, I at some point. Either that or fucking it's just easier but, to rhyme handsome I for guess. fucking Dio because he did that shit in yeah. Elf. It would have been better if he had said she's awesome. <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, that um, is maybe I don't know. I it's funny because it's like on one hand maybe that was a thing. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, like I said, it's funnier to think that it's just easier for Dio to rhyme handsome with yeah. something because he does it in uh um Yeah, he's done it a few times. He, do, he does it in Elf um in a in a, in a, a boogie woogie woman or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But uh it's one of those things where you wonder if like you can just picture tiny little Dio right going up to a chick in the bar yeah and being like you know, you're very sure. handsome <laughs> oh they tell me that all the time <laughs> and it's like some burly ass chick yeah maybe he's just in, maybe he's just into women with strong jaw lines maybe so maybe and some bitches his, maybe that's his thing I don't know what his wife looks like yep but, uh, so, with uh, with this record, like, just the strength of it is, like, for example, like, let's say, like, a song like Wishing Well, right? Uh-huh. It's not a song that you're going to be like, oh, this is one of my favorite Sabbath songs of all time. But when you listen to it, it's a fucking badass song. You know what? That is one of my kind of dark horse favorite songs like nobody's gonna really put wishing well right top five right but i jam that one a lot yeah when i'm listening to that album or something or if i just want to listen to random songs that one comes up a lot for me and i don't it's just it's super fucking catchy right and it's just that it's it's because there's so many other great songs in here it kind of gets lost but like there's i know bands where wishing well if they wrote wishing well that would be their best song yeah you know so yeah, I mean this is this is just a bad fucking album, and um, and and one thing that about about the Dio Sabbath era is that you know often I'm on here and I say shit like, yeah, I didn't really like them at first, or yeah, they they took a while to grow yeah. on me, or whatever, whatever, whatever. With with Dio in Sabbath, the first time I heard it, I loved it. Yeah, you know, and there's no, you know, there's only a few bands that are like that, 
that Sabbath with Dio, uh, Maiden, um, uh, Queensryche. I loved yeah. Queensryche the first time I heard of them, but there's not that many bands that I that I didn't think, oh, this would be better if it had this or if it didn't have that or whatever, whatever. With uh, with Sabbath with in Dio with Dio in Sabbath, I didn't think that anything could be better. Yeah, I thought that that was fucking tits, you know. And then the Mob Rules comes out, and the Mob Rules was like right from the cover of the album. It's like, oh, this is weird. This is, <laughs> you know, this is. Um, gonna be interesting yeah and and again you know some people don't like the mob rules as much as um heaven and hell i do to I, me they're like two sides of the same fucking thing i think we've talked about this like a long time ago probably maybe in our uh least uh least popular episode with oh Peter yeah Murphy, but the my the way i feel about mob rules i like it a fucking lot right um if I had heard Mob Rules first, right, I would probably be like, "Oh shit, this is a shit." But it's, it's kind of you get more of the same, which is not a bad thing for the most part. It's right there on par, for the most part, with Heaven and Hell. Heaven and Hell has the distinction of being the first one, mm -hmm. so it's the first time you got that Sabbath sound. So with the follow up, when it's pretty similar um it it's the it's like you know with Eddie Murphy it's delirious and wrong right 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 you right know, it's their two fucking amazing specials yeah and whichever one you saw first is probably going to be your favorite right right you know because they're pretty similar now I think the thing is like for Eddie Murphy I saw Raw first mm -hmm. And this is one of the few cases where I saw Delirious later and then I enjoyed Delirious more because I kind of got what he was calling back to in Raw right. and this and that. And then it's just some of the... It's hitting the same beats on a lot of points. Yeah. He's, like, he's got another bit about his dad that's similar. Yeah. You know, except for it's just instead of the cookout one, it's, uh, you know, we did Eddie, we ate the toys. We yeah. ate the toys, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> like that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. still funny. Right. But it's kind of doing the same thing yeah. as he did before. Where with uh, Mob Rules for me, <clears throat> it hits same, kind of hits same points mm. that Heaven and Hell does. I will say this, this is probably, uh, this is probably uh, Metal Sacrilege. Mm. I'm not super into Vinny Apice. Really? Um, I think he's a very technically proficient drummer. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something about... I don't know what it is about his style, mm -hmm. but it doesn't quite click with me. I don't dislike him. Right. I just think that Bill Ward is um, a better drummer. Well, yeah. A better hard rock metal drummer. So his... Vinny's sound doesn't quite have that same punch to it. Right. But See now, see what... Well, like, I kind of disagree because to me, what it is is like this: it's like Vinny for me was like simple, but heavier, mm -hmm. and then Bill was all over and and uh, much more to it, you know. But he doesn't hit the drums as hard, 
you know? And I think, like, it's really weird that they settled on Vinny in the first place mm-hmm. because it didn't seem like a good fit. Yeah. But Bill left the band in a hurry. Yeah. And it was a, it was a, they needed a fucking drummer quick. Yeah. So once, like, Vinny got in there, then he obviously made the most of his opportunity. Yeah. But not enough to ever stay in the band if Dio wasn't there. Yeah. Right? So he was never, like, when Dio left, he was gone. Yeah. He was never going to be considered. He left to, with Dio. Yeah. And, and, or, you know, and Dio. Dio. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah. And, and then when Dio came back, he came back. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah. Um, maybe that's, maybe he was more Dio's style of drummer than, uh, which makes sense in a way because, like, well, for having uh, Vinny Appice in Rainbow would have made more sense mm-hmm. than having him in Sabbath. I, I mean, think. he does a good job. I don't yeah. think he's terrible. I just, I just like Bill Ward's drumming style and sound a little bit more, which right. makes me like Heaven and Hell sound a little bit more. Right. I think he was an an underrated part of the Black Sabbath sound that mm-hmm. helped define it mm-hmm. early on. So, well, for sure. Um, you know, I do think it's funny. That's <clears throat> one of the things that always made me laugh was, um, I guess, around that time period when Vinny was in the band and Dio was in the band, um, Ozzy, that that was they still had a rivalry. Like, oh yeah, Ozzy yeah, yeah. And Sabbath were not on fucking remotely good terms. No, um, <laughs> Ozzy would refer to them as uh, uh, Tony and the Italians. No, Geezer. <laughs> Uh, geezer and the Wops. Geezer and the Wops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, because uh, yeah, Geezer was the only one that wasn't Italian. Xiaomi's uh, Italian. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and fucking and and uh, the other two are really Italian. Yeah. You know, or Italian American, even you know, a whole different thing, a whole different like yeah. I don't know what the British Italian uh, thing is, um, except for. Being a bully of a kid, yeah. I guess is the only. Thing. I mean, he's had a British accent and everything. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I don't totally. Even think of him as like I completely forgot that he even has Italian heritage. Yeah, like Iomi isn't a fucking British sounding name. Yeah, no. Like keys are in the wops is funny. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, it's that. Like I said, certain tracks on here kind of hit that same vibe even to the point of the songs that I don't like as much right like uh, Walk Away is the song I don't listen to on On Heaven and Hell Uh, Country Girl is the one I don't really listen to oh I love Country Girl on on that one I don't really like Over and Over I can live without Over and Over yeah but then because I've heard it over and over like songs like Turn Up the Night oh I love that song I love I'm not saying I don't love that song but it's kind of, it's a Neon Knights vibe. Right, it is. It um, is. But Sign that's, of the Southern but Cross. That's good. Sign of the Southern Cross is sick as hell. Yeah. But it kind of gives me off the, the Children of the Sea vibe. Right. You know? Um, right. But you know what, though? Like, like okay, like, let's say, for example, okay. Falling off the edge of the world kind of has a die young right. vibe to it. Right. Well, like, like let's say, let's let's start with Children of the Sea, right? That whole thing, like, 
in Rainbow, they had the, that was the beginning of the Dio ballad, right? With like rainbow mm -hmm. eyes and those. Yeah. Now with Sabbath, I think, I'm not aware of anyone who did it before. I think they made up the slow, soft in the beginning. Yeah. And then raw at some point. I'm pretty sure Sabbath made that up. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it was in that in that Dio era. So, yeah, of course you're going to do that more than once. Yeah. You know, you, you've made up a thing. You might as well fucking do it. So, yeah. And and um, and Turn Up the Night has that Neon Nights kind of feel to it. But to me, it's like heavier. And it has the, um, the Turn Up the Night has the, uh, the, the wah guitar, the, mm -hmm. like, you know, the a call and answer wah guitar shit. It's awesome. And, and, to, and it, to me, it's like, well, and Neon Nights was the same thing. Awesome way to, uh, to, start an, to start an album, you know? And even according to them, like, when they talk about it, Dio talks about with how they would write mm -hmm. with, uh, be like, okay, this one is going to be a fast one or a slow one. Yeah. You know? Okay, this is the kind of template for that. This is the template for that. This is the fucking little ballad template, you know? So, yeah, yeah. they, you know, and, and Dio continued to go back to those throughout his solo yeah. career also. Now, I would say here's the other thing that kind of puts Heaven and Hell a little bit above me, for me. Mm. Mainly, it was mainly the song Heaven and Hell. Mm -hmm. um, I like a lot of Sabbath after that. I've, I haven't really heard a Sabbath album that I dislike. Mm -hmm. Um Honestly, I don't um, care for Seventh Star. Yeah, okay, that. Seventh Star was supposed to be his solo right, thing. Right, got packages that right. I don't count it. <laughs> that shouldn't count. But here's the thing with Heaven and Hell. Um, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you can think of one. Mm -hmm. I think that's the last. Uh, he's he's always been the riff master. Mm -hmm. I think that's the last legendary guitar riff that he wrote okay and you know just da, 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 you know yeah yeah it almost hits it's similar to iron man in a little way right but it's it's on par with an iron man riff you know mm -hmm. and i you know there's a lot of great savage shit after that yeah but it's not this you know that, you know, met super legendary guitar riff that's you keep want you, right. you want to you know. Yeah, you there's know a what? reason why when people you know when they when they played that live, the right. crowd is oh, oh yeah oh, right along with it <laughs> totally, totally yeah yeah and and, and and that's another thing, another thing too is that like if. Um, <clears throat> If Dio loved the song, then it was gonna get a lot more love live. Yeah, he's gonna like write extra parts for it, you yeah. know, and fucking do sing-alongs with it and shit like that. Yeah. And that's definitely heaven and hell. Yeah, he definitely. All, there's all like we said before. There's that whole verse. Yeah, that's only live. Yeah, totally. You know, with, totally. You know. The and the other uh, the other song that he does that with is voodoo. You know, he does the the whole thing with with uh, 
in the middle of that part. Um, yeah. Uh, and and again, during those parts, the, the Dio medleys yeah. were, were, you know, prevalent. And uh, all of which led me to think that Live Evil was going to be awesome. Yeah, you know? Best fucking live album you've yeah. ever heard. No. <clears throat> no, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> Honestly, um, for, for an album that has so many good fucking songs, yeah. it fucking sucks. Yeah. It sucks because of the sound. Yeah. It sounds and, like somebody recorded that shit with like a crappy, yeah. like what, they fucking have a mic out in the crap? Like yeah. the sound is god awful. And uh, I'm not one of those dudes who likes to say, well, you know, I could have done better than that. But in this case, man, I kind of think I could have done better than that. <laughs> you know, it's just like, uh, and, and, there, and there's so much weird shit, like in the banter. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, like Tio says, hey, it's a good platform, man. Who the fuck's he talking to? And what the fuck's he talking about? Yo, that shit needs to be out. But I guess they were they were not getting along so fucking much at that point. That the stage banner is just bizarre shit. Like, yeah, I really like the platform you're sending them. Yeah, Dio fucking has weird stage banter anyway. He does. Like uh, I remember, um, you know, he's it was for uh, Die Young, mm-hmm. and he was doing this whole thing, you know. I don't actually want you to die young. I hope yeah. every li- everybody lives a long, healthy right. life. If yeah, you want. yeah, yeah. And then it says like, if you want to, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like just in case you want to die young, they go ahead. Knock yourself feel free. Out. But yeah. it's such a weird thing to say. But it's just like you know, it's like when I saw Kiss. You know, they they're the masters of fucking corny stage banter. Yeah. Um. And it was right before Cold Gin, and mm-hmm. so when they're playing their farewell tour in two thousand. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's always, it's a, it's a fucking song about an alcoholic. It's, right. It's freely fucking was speaking his truth and then had Gene, who's never, ever drank. Sing, right. Which is ironic. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know, he's, you got Paul up there. He's like, no, I know everybody likes to taste some alcohol. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I want everybody to remember, though, to not drink and drive. Like, that kind of, like, <laughs> I was like, what the yeah. hell? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ooh. But Ace is going around the corner to the liquor store. Yeah. In his fucking foot. Lambo. <laughs> yeah, or not. Or not. That was yeah. why, you know, that was why my dad was such a fucking drunk in high school is because there's a bar within walking distance. Yeah. Once That'll he, do it. Once he was like, I could, he, he started off, uh, I'm going to go shoot pool. And then he's like, I'm going to go fucking drink a lot. And then it just turned into, it was a bar in Spring Valley, and then it was like, turns out Dad's doing meth again. Yeah. That's weird. For, that's a weird thing for a dude in his 40s. Yeah. Well, being drunk makes you have poor decisions. Yeah. <laughs> and then he got cleaned up. Good, you know. Yeah. But, uh, if he didn't, if he wasn't able to just hoof it to the bar, I don't yeah. know if his drinking would have gotten out of control like it did when I was a teenager. Right, right. But, uh, now, there, there's a... There's differing stories about how they got together, how they got back together. <clears throat> Every time Dio tells it, it involves a few pints. Yeah. You know? Um, I heard at some point that it was Sharon who suggested yeah. Dio Sharon, yeah, to be in Sabbath. Yeah, that's when Sharon, she wasn't dating Ozzy yet. She right. wasn't married to Oz, Ozzy or anything. Her dad was the owner of the record label. Yeah. Um, 
and Sabbath needed to fucking put out more albums. Yeah. So she, that's the story was that um, she intro- set up the introduction for Dio and and uh, Iomi and everything. And right. And they fucking hit it off and they had, you know, this, you know, Dio says, you know, pints were involved. Mm-hmm. That's apparently a very similar story how he, it says to how Ian Gillen ended up in Sabbath. Right. Where right. He, uh, <clears throat> the way he tells it is, he was just hanging out with Tony and the guys, and, get, and they decided to just start pounding some pints at the bar, and basically drank themselves under the table. And the next day, Ian Gillen's manager is like, "Hey, um, what the fuck was that? Well, what the fuck did you do last mm-hmm. night?" And he's like, "Oh, I was drinking. Why?" He's like, "Well, because you're in fucking Black Sabbath now, apparently." He's like, "I am." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So they apparently were like, you know what, yeah. man, you should be in Black Sabbath. He's like, I should be in Black Sabbath. This would be great. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, that's how some some really good decisions can be made, but not usually. For sure. Usually when I get fucked up and I have an idea, uh, one of the best metal albums of all time isn't the end result. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually I just hope that everybody else forgot. Yeah, and I don't anytime, have to do yeah. it. Anytime I've gotten drunk and go, "Hey guys, I have an idea." Usually, like my knee hurts later yeah. or something. But um, according to Dio, but you know, I, I just I got this uh, fat, really fat metal book. Mm-hmm. It's called "Louder Than Hell" or some shit like that, and it says the oral tradition of of heavy metal, right? And so I started looking at it. I barely started looking at it, but it seems to me that all it is is quotes throughout mm-hmm. the whole book. So, like, if you they talk about this, and then they give everybody's quote on it, and they talk about something else. And so he's talking about Dio. Dio is talking about, well, he got a call from Tony, and it was basically... Tony saying Sabbath is over. Yeah. Right? I want to make an album. I want you to be on it. I don't know who else is going to be on it. Yeah. You know? But let's just talk about it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. They did the thing. They wrote Children of the Sea. Whatever, whatever. And then everybody else filtered back in. Yeah. Or whatever. But like supposedly that decision came later. I don't know. I, I think um, I think Iomi's always... I think Iomi's always a dude that he's got like several plans. Yeah. And whichever one works out, then that's what he intended all along. Yeah. But he's always got like different shit going on. You know, he's always, he's like, yeah, I don't really tell you guys, but I'm in Jethro Tull kind of right now. You know, yeah, or that whatever. That's like a you, fucking weird thing. I remember hearing about, reading about that one where like, yeah. he was going to be in Jethro Tull. Yeah, he's in a video yeah. with Jethro, Jethro Tull. You know, and then, yeah, that's. Yeah, but I guess I mean you know that that at that point it's financial, yeah. you know, and also too we have to like we have to remember that being from my generation or your generation is like we kind of feel like a loyalty towards metal because yeah. we were raised in it and whatever whatever whatever. They didn't, you know. Yeah. They weren't raised in it. They fucking made it up. So they was like, we could just easily make up something else, yeah. you know. That that you know, and and money was always a concern, and the record labels, and you yeah. know where where fucking where they they made they got 
metal to the point where a band like Metallica wanted to call their album Metal Up Your Ass. Yeah. You know, and fucking, you know, tried to fucking stick to their guns with it or whatever, whereas Sabbath couldn't even call an album War Pigs. Yeah. You know, so it's, they, it was, it shit was different by, you know, at that time. But, uh, but like Dio said, it wasn't until he was in a metal band that he knew that he wanted to be in a metal band. Yeah. You know, and from then on that all he would be in was metal, metal bands. Yeah. yeah. Whereas other dudes that were in, you know, these various bands didn't necessarily feel the same way. Yeah. You know, Dio was one of the first Dio and Halford. Yeah. Were the two of the first that were like we're all in with metal. Yeah. This is what we, this is what we, and I love that. And that's why those are some of my favorite dudes. Beyond the fact that of, of their, the greatest voices, you know. Yeah. Um, for me, like, when I was looking for singers in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, Somebody who sounded like Dio would have been fucking quite a catch, yeah. you know. And there were a lot of dudes trying to sound like Dio, yeah. Uh, and nobody could, just nobody did, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could sound like a reasonably like you could cover some Dio, yeah. but nobody was ever gonna think, nobody was ever gonna say, is that Dio or is that somebody <laughs> else, yeah. you know? Nobody, nobody could do that. And he was the most uh, imitated. I mean, you could also what you could also sound like Bruce. There hadn't been nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If you could sound like Alfred, that would be awesome. Yeah. You know, but Dio was the one that that most people would go for, and even though we don't we don't necessarily love the way Dio sang the Ozzy songs, mm -hmm. every singer who came after him in Sabbath sings the Ozzy songs like Dio yeah. instead of <clears throat> trying to sound like Ozzy. Because it's just like natural. I think people just want to sound like Dio. I fucking if I could sing, I would want to sound like Dio. Yeah, straight up. You know, maybe with a little bit uh, more more range, but you know, more like I guess yeah, power in the high registers. Or for whatever, me, but. it'd be Dio or Freddie Mercury. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> definitely Freddie Mercury for you. No. <laughs> Oh look at that! You got the you got, you did say that you know gay jokes are still funny. To yeah, me. gay jokes are still funny to me. Gay shit's funny. Um, um, so, all right, when Dio leaves, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, because to me, it's just like, dude, you guys have everything, and what? You can't get along. Yeah. Aw. You know, it's like, yeah, you know. And uh, and I liked Born Again, and I loved fucking Holy Diver. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it wasn't fucking that bad, you know. Yeah, was, the world you know, didn't end. Yeah. You, know, you got fucking, you got Vivian Campbell you out of the Vivian deal. got Vivian Campbell out of the deal. Fuck yeah, that's uh, great, you know. Born Again, had they not fucked up the, you know, the mixing of that album. Right. Um, that have been a, so much more of a bad. The songs are there. Yeah, the songs are there. They're, I don't think. And all the elements are there. Yeah. There's not a bad song on that motherfucker. Mm -hmm. No. Um, there's some of that weird, you know, 
Tony making noises tracks yeah. that I'm not a huge fan of. Right. Like on uh, Volume 4, that one track that's just called um, FX. Right. Where it's just... Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck is... It? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? There was a lot of weird shit like that. Like, for example, like... like uh, was it E five one five zero? Which yeah. on our cassette that we bought back in the days, it was called EV one five zero. Yeah, I, that's supposed to be a bass. Yeah, that's which to me that never sounded like a bass. You know, I didn't know what, what you know what the fuck the point of that shit was. But once I got used to it, mm-hmm. then it became a natural lead in to Mob Rules, which hilariously enough. They almost never played that live <laughs> into Mob Rules. Yeah, they always played it into something else, which I always thought was fucking stupid. <laughs> you know, uh, because it just didn't fucking go. Yeah. Well, since we're short time in it here, um, in '92, right? Uh, they got back it. together. Yeah, they they get back together for a dehumanizer. For a dehumanizer and. The optimist in me is thinking, oh, man, we're going to get two, maybe three of these albums. And mm-hmm. it's going to be fucking awesome. And this album is awesome. And I fucking um, didn't, again. Because you know what? I mean, to me, those four fucking dudes could do no wrong. Practically. Yeah. They could fucking, and, and, and I could see it being that way to the end of time. Yep. You know? And, um... And for that brief moment, 92, Dehumanizer, it was. It was fucking sick. Uh, and the thing, you know, the cool thing, I, we talked about this on our underrated albums. Mm-hmm. That was one of my picks was Dehumanizer. And the cool thing is, is they got back together and it didn't sound like Mob Rules and Heaven and Hell. Right, no. It was, a, uh, they took... They pushed for it. Was like right. even thrashier, heavier. Right. Yeah, it was updated. Album. It was updated. Yeah. Now the what was that ended up being the devil you know mm-hmm. was more like kind of more rehashing of the yeah. old shit and and not as not as energetic and not as heavy and just uh, you know like like I say still good. I mean, fucking quit it. Like, yeah. if if uh, if if I'm stuck in here and that's all I have, I'm gonna fucking bump that over and over. Yeah. Why not? You know. But uh, yeah, it's just obviously not as good as as the the three that you know stand to me as as uh, Sabbath is not only just one of the greatest metal bands of all time it's actually two of the greatest metal bands of all time yeah and another band that was also fucking great you know so um so yeah man i mean the the dio era for me first of all i mean it's it's the one era that that i was actually there for Mm -hmm. and also unfortunately i only got to see them live once you know i've only seen sabbath with ozzy live twice you know, where, you know, I mean, I've seen fucking Maiden like 20 times, yeah. you know, or, you know, and I wish I had gotten to see these fucking guys more, but it's just their, whatever, their Dio, you know, issues. Dio was saying the same thing. I think I sent you that interview he was doing about it where he was talking about that he felt it was really unfortunate that 
Black Sabbath with him in it again fell apart mm-hmm. because he felt like that could have been the band for him for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. He's like, we could have made so many great albums. Mm-hmm. And to him, it was Tony throwing it all away to fucking open for Ozzy. Right. And get, you know, and play and try to get a reunion with him. Right. And, you know... On, on, on one level, I'm glad that the Ozzy reunion happened. Mm-hmm. I feel like, in a way, Tony... I feel like sold out is a strong word. Mm-hmm. But aside from The Devil You Know and 13, he basically became a greatest hits act for... You know, from 99 to, you know... Right. Was it 2016 was when they... Right. You know, they... He wasn't writing anymore. He was... I mean, he had that... I think he had that one album, solo album with some guest guys on it. But for the most part, you know, Sabbath was just... Let's go fucking play all the hits. Yeah. You know what? And, 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 And that's kind of natural in a sense. Like, you know... <clears throat> like we wouldn't really expect any more of any other type of a career, you know. Like yeah. most most jobs that you get into, you're fucking gung ho at first, and yeah. then you hit your fucking gear and you start to cruise. And when you see the finish line coming up ahead, you really start to slack off and whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? And and that's I I guess yeah, it's true, but like. He was being creative in theaters, and he wanted to be greatest hits act yeah. in arenas. Yeah, no, better. I, you know, I mean, it's it's a choice. You know, I guess it is. But I think he could have been playing arenas with Dio still. He could have. You know, but uh, that's it's just a shame that it fell fell apart like that. And you know, it's partially you got to put some blame on Dio too. The guy's oh, yeah. he's he's got a fucking ego. And you know, all, the, the, all great rock stars do. Yeah. And he does have. Here's the thing with Dio is, from all the interviews I've seen with mm-hmm. him and his interactions with fans, mm-hmm. he can be very gracious to the fans. Mm-hmm. But if you rub him wrong, mm-hmm. he will be a prick. Oh yeah. Real fucking. Fans. Oh yeah. I think he's a little Italian guy. Yeah. And I see. <laughs> Did you see that one? That the, one thing the, with the, the one with the guy that asked him how how tall he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Kept on fucking with him. Yeah, that was. And hilarious. Dio went very quickly. Oh yeah. Oh, get this guy the fuck out of here. Yeah, motherfucker. Yeah. Like that kind of shit. And you know what I was telling Lottie? I go, you know what? I go. Uh, I said, I guess maybe it kind of takes one to know one, but I'm pretty sure, like in real life, like Dio would be like a mansplainer. <laughs> you know you know actually yeah so so yeah that's that's kind of uh the way you know and and uh f- for whatever reason man it's like it's always seems to be the guitar player and the singer yeah. guitar player and the singer because those are the those are the i guess the ego position yeah i guess so those are like maybe those. that's why steve harris is such a good leader of the band because he's like he's a bassist yeah so. he's aside from it you know it's you know lemmy you know played bass and sang yeah you know so yeah, it's lemmy, his band. lemmy 
Lemmy's just Lemmy, but yeah, yeah it's like guys, the thing is, like and it guys, seems like dudes didn't as much get fired as they just couldn't hang. Yeah, at some point they just were like, "I'm gonna die." Yeah, I'm stay in this band. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the entirety of the original, you know, Motorhead Motorhead is dead. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's no accident. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you know, people people can say whatever they fuck they want about fucking Keith Richards. I doubt if he fucking could fucking hold a candle to Lemmy in any yeah. fucking sense of part. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know how true this was, but in Lemmy's uh, autobiography, he talked about a time when he uh, um, he had heard about like guys like Keith Richards and stuff doing that, where they do um, blood replacement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they, uh, you know, they... Give you a fresh, yeah, some fresh quartz. Basically, <laughs> they fucking drain your blood as they're pumping a new blood and yeah. basically completely replace it. And yeah. it's supposed to kind of clean you up and yeah. help you out. They told him supposedly it would kill him, right? Because his his blood was so toxic at this point, yeah, from drugs and everything else. They don't know how he's not dead. You might already. get you might go into shock. Yeah, <laughs> like basically they're saying his body would go into shock from that. Right. It's like when uh, uh, people go into rehab. Oh yeah, they're in a very dangerous position. They could, if not watched properly, they can fucking die. Oh yeah, I'm done. From it. Yeah, but. That was supposedly Levy. He couldn't give blood. Right. Um, basically, he said, like, you'd fucking poison anybody that got your blood. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, yeah, you, yeah. It would kill them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, the, those Dio albums, you know, that is one of the greatest bands that just can fucking make it work for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Right. I mean, it's the fact that when they got the devil you know as mm-hmm. heaven and hell out of it. Right. It was fucking cool. Yeah, like, and I saw them on that tour. It was great. You know, so you know. it's, you know, so there's technically four Dio era Black Sabbath albums. Right. If you you know want to call, you know, Heaven and Hell is Black Sabbath. Right. It's just fucking yeah, Black totally. Sabbath and Dio. Yeah. Now, I, now I want to. I'm gonna leave with this because it's a constant bitch of mine. Constant, you know, because I think that people have shit in their fucking vaults. And it don't need to be in there no more because everybody's fucking dying and, yeah. you know, whatever. On fucking Live Evil, during one of the fucking rants, fucking Dio says, we're also filming this one, so you're all going to be stars. Yeah. Where the fuck is that fucking film, dude? Yeah. I want it. I mean, I'm fucking 50. I'm going to be 50 this fucking year. Yeah. I don't know how many fucking years I got left. I got to fucking die without seeing the fucking, you know. <laughs> without Live Evil. Without Live Evil concert. The fuck, you know. And, and Sharon, if you got any fucking Randy shit, it's time, okay. Yeah. For fucking everybody who cares is dead. Yeah. It's time, you know. Fuck, man. I know there has to be some. And that, and that shit pisses me off because, I mean. You know, like I always say on here, I'm a big fucking proponent of fucking live video. Before I could go to concerts, I used to watch concerts on video. When I fucking couldn't afford to go to concerts, I, you know, watched concerts on video. Even bands I can't, that I've never seen live, yeah, I can still say they're a better live band than they are. Yeah. Because I've seen them both on fucking live video yeah. a bunch. You know, so I, to me, like, that's important, you know, and I would love to fucking have that. It would put, like, a nice bow on the fucking deal era yeah. for me, right? Anyways, so I'm guessing next week, cap off the Sabbath we'll with, talk, yeah. with a little bit 
we'll talk about what I, I guess I was referring to earlier as the miscellaneous era. Yeah, the miscellaneous era. You know, of you know Ian Gillen and then Tony Martin. Mm, and then uh, Glenn Hughes. And Glenn Hughes. And at all. Uh, less enthused about Glenn Hughes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, it's just again, like you said, it was supposed to be a solo album. It's one of those where you know the record labels yeah. are always fucking, they always fuck everything up. I think we're not going to have a whole lot to say about the Glenn Hughes album. I really right. don't want to fucking have to listen to Seven Star. Yeah. Yo, I, 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 I'm going to give it a spin. Executive decision. I've been listening to a lot of shit because of doing this uh-huh. that I wouldn't normally necessarily be listening to so it's kind of cool and I'm, and I'm also trying to uh, get more hip to skip on what's new you know um, just just to know just to not sound like an idiot not yeah. that I'm gonna like suddenly start loving it or so anything you don't sound like an old fogey yeah exactly because I'm a young fogey yeah alright so until the next one this is Big Frog and uh, Mike Castleberry And we're out.